Good afternoon, Meat Suits. Welcome back. This is Read and Weep Season 4. We are just four guys with perfect opinions about movies, TV, and pop culture. I'm Alex Falcone, recording today from North Koreatown, Los Angeles. Uh, joining me, I have a tremendous panel. Uh, first up, he's at Anthony Lopez Part 2. On Twitter, he's in Southeast Portland. He has a positron brain. It's Anthony Lopez. Hey, Alex. Great to be here. You know, I hate to start off the show with kind of a bummer. You know, I like to be good-spirited. You Keep love everyone's to. moods up. But, I, I guys, I gotta tell you, I've been uh, crunching the numbers. I've been looking at the data. Uh-huh. I've been running the simulations. I've sure. gotten a second and third opinion. But it looks like it resistance is indeed futile. Oh, so, futile. And, oh. Yeah, I'm really bummed out. I didn't want it to be, but... Hey man, Dude, I was just... I was all about resistance. It's turned oh, that's such a bummer. Yeah. Um, how did your wife enjoy being on the show last week, Anthony? Uh, she had a great time. It was uh, I I thought she did great. Yeah, she um, was so yeah. I uh, I realized when we had been hanging out in person that most of the times I've talked to you about movies, she's like there and has all the yeah. same opinions or different opinions, but it's like knows so much about movies. It was great to finally get her to come on and chat. It was great. That's what yeah, happened uh, when you're gone, Hunter and Anthony, as we or Hunter and Ezra. We uh, fill in with whoever's in the house. Yeah, um, <laughs> she had. I mean, it was very cute to see. Um, like as we were sitting down, I was like, "What do you got there?" And she's like, "Oh, I just my my notes on Twin Peaks and she pages had like and pages, pages of notes." notes. <laughs> yeah. like, what do you got? I got. I go. I got nothing. I just show up <laughs> off the top of the dome. If I, I can mean. Just- I have lots of notes, but we only, at least one person has to have notes. Well, yeah, somebody has to have the hand <laughs> on the wheel. That's just not my job. You know? Um, question, also question. joining us today, let me get in the rest of the panel. Uh, he's at Hunbun on Letterboxd from the woods of Arkansas. He's just a tiny, sexy hologram that I keep secret from my friends. It's Mr. Hunter Donaldson. Hello, it's oh. me. Oh, man. I, I Should I like introduce that, you as a Borg? Effect, huh? It's more of a that, Borg effect. That effect sucks, uh, to yeah, be honest, because you can't turn the effect down. So that was very loud in my own headphones. And I apologize to anyone who is showering, which, as I understand, is the main way that people listen to the show. Wait, why and, showering mat- would matter more than headphones? Uh, I was getting some feedback saying that oh. um, that there was a lot of showering, so they can't edit the um, the audio easily because you get all slippery hands. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like your, your hands so you are all like people have two, You mean like for ads? No, for like just like loud noises, you know what I mean? It's like oh, oh too I loud, see. or like the the audio is undesirable, and I can't change it easily because I'm all slippery hands. I'm gonna drop my cell phone's gonna be okay. You know. Well, for sure, I have had uh, I've had a, I can tell you I've had a variety of shower based Bluetooth speaker devices, and uh, I can't live without them. My favorite thing about it, though, if you buy like a waterproof stick on the wall Bluetooth device from the shower, they almost all have phone answering capability. Ew. Which is super ew. Can you imagine if you called someone and you heard as background noise them in the shower? That's, that would be so upsetting. Look, it's not great. Or, but it's like, or like <laughs> super hot. Really yeah. depends yeah. on who you call it, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know? oh, yeah you, what you kind of calling... work are we talking about? You know what I mean? Like this this might be appropriate for the job. <laughs> what did you say, Yes? I was just saying, like, I mean, that's like the third worst thing someone could be doing in the shower, in my opinion. So, like, I'm fine with that. Wait, showering how... is the third worst? Uh, sorry. Yeah. And, like, in the bathroom overall. Like, as in, like, if they're answering the phone in the bathroom, like, 
the shower is not the top of the list of things I don't want them to be doing. That's what I'm sure. Saying. Okay, I, I guess that's fair, but not the situation I imagined. I guess I wasn't saying I'm calling you in the shower, and I'm disappointed to you find out you are showering. That's the question, Alex. Why are you just? Why are you not just texting people? Don't call call in the first place. <laughs> I'm right? not calling anybody. Point. I'm on you. Oh, I'm so on your side on that. Um, well then, okay. Not. I am not Look, calling I'm anybody. I'm just standing in the shower, peeing on my partner because it's the only way to keep the mess in. And now and you're calling me, and I have to answer. I, I will say, if you called somebody and they answered in the shower, and there was another voice, that would be even more surprising. I'm just going to skip <laughs> that whole pee part of this conversation and just say, like, "Oh, hey, you're on speaker. Uh, it's the two of us here." Um, also, the reason you can hear it is the shower is happening is because that's your fault for calling. Um. Anyway, uh, but tell your Listeners, it's like six dollars on Amazon to get a Bluetooth waterproof shower speaker that sticks to the wall. Yeah, and they, fun. they, yeah, they all told me they don't do that though. They they have the phone near the shower. That's that how they is, do it. That is not the right way. They're wrong. I know. I know. Um, I try. I keep trying to tell them, but they won't listen. Also joining us in Northern California, uh, he seems like a good person to learn from because he's so old. It's Mister Ezra Fox. Engage. <laughs> nice, nicely done. Make it so from the thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, on screen, I learned all the new catchphrases. Uh-huh. I have so many new well, catchphrases. Are they are no. they catchphrases or is that what would you are they like yep. zany catchphrases? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut it out. It's like that, <laughs> but in space. Yeah. <laughs> Alex, Before we talk hear, about, let me hear you good. say censor. I didn't catch that censor. Censor. You... Oh, he says censor. You gotta say it the right way when you're gonna. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Censor. Sensor. Um yeah. yeah, you did say futile, which is like yeah. man, you can tell these guys are villains because they say futile weird. Um, well, you know where the uh sensor I don't know, did you notice that people say sensor no. instead of sensor no. in Star Trek? I did not. Um that's a really fun little uh Easter egg from the original series. You know, Leonard Nimoy played Spock, a very sophisticated Vulcan uh-huh. uh classy individual, but he's a uh, a Jewish kid from Boston. So uh-huh. he has that really heavy accent. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So he would over-pronunciate words. Interesting. And was one that people used to always make fun of him for. But and so they then just, they adopted it forever yeah. on, as so canon? So when they did that's Next fun. Gen, they just said, you know what? That's how we say sensual. So it's like how all Vulcans say it. Oh, and that's I love how that. most that's actors like say that. it in the show. I like it's learning... A- I like learning that. That's a fun. Yeah, that's a fun a, little thing. It's a fun little thing you'll like notice. Like, oh, why does everyone say it like that? And then, like, oh, I thought the you were going to say that it's there. like, oh, that's how everyone said it in the the early '80s because they didn't have that many sensors around, so they were still mm-hmm. figuring out. Sort of like in like Back to the Future where they say gigawatts because they hadn't, they didn't come up that often. So different. They were like, well, whatever that one scientist said, that's how he pronounced it. And now we've all <laughs> agreed on gigawatts, but like. <laughs> They didn't know. They were so dumb back then. Well, before we talk more about Star Trek, though, uh, a couple things I got to do first. First, I'd like to thank, uh, I want to start the show by thanking a meat buddy. Uh, this week, I would like to thank Jill, who has been with us since 2017 and recently increased, has increased her donation a couple times, but recently increased it one more time to make them the largest meat buddy, you guys. Ooh, our wow. first mega meat buddy, our biggest. I was thinking that makes them a meat packer. That was my thought but that also sounds kind of gross which is maybe good maybe, i don't know like a, uh a farm is can i get more volume uh, from you please even more even more i can't I'm gonna say all. they're the whole cow you know what i mean <laughs> they're alive that's a compliment <laughs> you go from being a meat buddy to being a living sentient being again 
Oh, I love we, it. We just call him a cow. Um, yeah. Well, we appreciate it. We appreciate everything you've done for the show. Jill, if you want to join Jill and keep the show limping down the tracks, you can become a cow by going to metreon.com or becoming a meat packer. And we thank everybody else who supports the show for whatever reason that they do. All right, I'm going to pause here. Yeah, but can we work out my, my sound Figure out what your audio is because you can't hear you at all. Is. Okay, so hold on. What's the dial that I'm supposed to be messing with? Um, so the it should be the the top one. Um, it's right underneath the mic inputs, yeah. and it should be the one closest to your mic cord. So they're one to four across the top. So it's at ten right now. It is at ten. Okay, interesting. But, um, Do you have I, a setting on your uh, of input volume on your computeron that you can take a look at? Hmm. Okay. Let's have you tried being in the same room as your microphone? Yeah, that <laughs> might like, help if you're really far away from it. It would be very helpful, yeah. Oh, Alex, while he's figuring that out, I meant to say this before when you were talking about the 64 thing. Um, I'm yeah. sure Hunter saw this, but did you see the um, copy of Super Mario 64 that just sold for 1.5 million? Ridiculous. Okay. It's so uh, silly. And, but all, like, how? I didn't read the story deeply. How did this person not open it? That that's what's uh, always weird for me about these people. Is like you just bought a sixty dollar video game and didn't open it. I mean, I've known people who will buy two copies of right. something just to have hoping one, to do this later, or just want who are collectors and want a right. unopened one as well, right? So yeah. what I think is so funny is that because there's a uh, there's like a few slight bent corners, it only got a nine rating. Instead of a oh. 10. So that <laughs> it, it could have been like if the, think about like if you had if your friend Tyler in middle school hadn't dropped it once. No you kidding. You could have had another like six hundred thousand dollars or something yeah. like that. Like it's it's just no, it's so insane. That's crazy. As what? Can I drop and like come back? Um we're gonna have to do a new recording, so oh, okay. I don't lose you. So I can do that, but let's all right. Bef- the next thing I want to do is uh, I'm going to actually do two mini segments to start out because I have a new segment that I would like to present today for yours, uh, your listening pleasure that uh, I've not run by the guys before. I would not play tested this at all. Segment one, new segment is I'm probably going to have to watch that, aren't I? So uh, this segment today is about the movie with Nicolas Cage and a pig. Uh oh, pig. Uh, am I going to have to watch this movie? Um, I it mean, seems I'm just vaguely watching stuff go by on Twitter, and apparently there's a movie where Nicolas Cage is trying to get his pig back. It's been like a kidnapped pig. It seems like maybe it's like pig taken. Is that what this is? Well, I mean, oh it's, man, it's this got looks a like it's getting good reviews. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, from yeah, what I'm I mean, looking at, yeah, I had I mean, heard I had heard briefly about this because it was in it was near Portland, so I heard that they were filming a Nicolas Cage pig movie, but hmm. I didn't get that it was pig taken. I don't think. Hmm. Um, but also, like, I, mean, I will I watch almost anything with Nick Cage in it and almost anything with a pig in it. So It's more Pig Wick than Pig Taken. Oh, and... Pig John Wick. Sure. Wait, so he doesn't uh, get yeah. the pig's dead? I, I don't know. I have not seen much on it. But I just think John Wick is very similar to Taken, and it's a higher yeah. threshold of quality. Um, oh, okay. So it's probably fairer to compare to but that. It's but it's later. Yeah, Wait, but you're, also... You're... I. Oh, you're calling you're, well. You just you're calling it Pigwick. Was the dog's name John? Also, yeah, <laughs> that's confusing. <laughs> I think you're at you, what you should be saying is like Nicholas Cagewick or 
Wick Cage. Wick Cage. Yeah, that was definitely right there. Oh, I should have gotten there before I started talking. Wick Cage. (laughs) This is Wick Cage, uh, also known as Pig Taken. Um, I I don't know, man. I'm I'm I haven't seen a a really crazy Nick Cage performance in a little while, Um, and I love a good bit of pig acting. That's that's a that's crazy because he's been on a tear recently between uh, Mandy. Uh, and colors from outer space. Didn't see either uh, of these. I mean, he has been doing some really incredible performances and some really great films as of late. So I, I do think that like it is a weird idea to do a segment to be like, hey, this thing that's like getting good reviews and people like, am I going to have to watch this? Yeah, you're uh, going to have to. I guess the answer is yeah. I guess yes, um, you're right. Half, half I, makes it sound bad. I guess I didn't mean it to have that quite. But no, quite that I mean tone. I started to change the or petition to make sure that Alex has to see it. So <laughs> you will have to watch this. Yes, I am. Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I guess. Uh, am I going to go see this? Is how I should say the segment. Am I? Am I going to see this? Movie? I already bought you tickets. Oh I man! Literally just bought wow, you tickets. Now yeah. I do have to. As go. soon as you leave the house, you'll be watching yeah. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're seeing this tonight, buddy. You oh, better man. clear your schedule. Oh man, I'm supposed to go do a terrible show that's like two hour drive. I don't that's know. If too I'm bad. I actually to watch canceled Pig the Taken. show for you too, so oh, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably turned out good then. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to see Pig Taken, and I'll report back to you guys wick cage um in the future we'll do a little segment on it afterwards (laughs) all right segment 1.5 the news um so i don't know if you guys noticed this week but richard branson took his plane really high (laughs) i was gonna say space but he definitely did not go to space he did Um, not go to space i did not pay that much attention he did not go to the edge of space I mean, well, so here's, okay, so let me let me do, tell you this fun part because one of the things that happened was the two companies that are racing to take paying customers almost to space got real spicy last week. So originally, so Blue Origin announced that Jeff Bezos and somebody who gave them twenty eight or gave twenty eight million dollars to charity uh, are going to go to almost to space well, with Blue Origin. You and heard then, what happened with that? Yeah, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. Again. Now it's second place guy got to go because of a scheduling conflict with first mm-hmm. place guy, which is weird <laughs> to spend twenty eight million dollars on not check the date. Because wealth inequality is killing us. <laughs> the world is ending. I don't know if that's a great song, but the point is taken. The um the uh but so so Blue Origin has been like, hey, we're going to be the first ones to take our founder to space, and then so uh, Richard Branson and his company, uh, Virgin Galactic, um, still running with that name, um, yeah. are going to decided to beat him by a week, and so they went up, and uh, Blue Origin tweeted this graph or this like infographic that was like. Technically, theirs is not space because it's 85 kilometers up and we're going 100 kilometers, which is the technical definition of space in 96% of countries and only 4% of countries care that 85 meter, uh, kilometers up is actually space. But Oh, our, they're as, all nerds. I get it. They're, <laughs> but like the idea that we've been dreaming since kids, like, oh, someday I just want to barely cross the Carmen line. Like, the, <laughs> No one gives a shit. You're making this up. Who cares at all? And the fact that they're close enough that you could like infographic one to not be cool means that neither of these are cool. Yeah. Well, first off, neither of these are cool. Secondly, they're not. That's the most important uh, thing. I, I do want to talk about wealth inequality too. But the most important thing to me is that I want to go to space. Neither of these look cool at all. Mm-hmm. Richard Branson is a private jet that go. You have like three minutes of. It's a forty-five minute flight up. Three minutes of weightlessness and then like a half an hour of cruising back down. You're barely in space. A roller coaster is the same length of weightlessness. And then fucking Blue Origin 
you, is a rocket that goes straight up 100 kilometers and then floats back down five minutes total. That's just a tethered hot air balloon. Yeah, I mean, like, that is I, not very, that's not interesting at all. What I love about the way this sort of ties into the main subject today is in Star Trek, which is like sort of mm-hmm. Star Trek mythology, right? There is sort of um, rampant, uncontrolled, unchecked capitalism that leads to the destruction of the planet, World War Three, and then uh-huh. humanity crawling out of that and rising above it, right? Only but you always, spanked by the Borg. But you hear <laughs> when you hear them talk about like the time before, right? And like the Star Trek, uh, you know, they have like in the nineties eugenic war, which gave us Khan and all these different things. And to it's be like, clear, I have no idea what you're talking about at all. Yeah, well, my, but yeah, my, sure. We didn't watch that episode, bro. (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm just kind of going into the deeper lore to say that, like, their version of the thing that, like, would destroy us so that we could save ourselves sounds so much better than the stupid version of the thing that's actually (laughs) going to destroy us before we can save ourselves. Which has got an added irony because the, the nerds who grew up watching this show wanted to go to space and built these space companies that are killing us in the stupid way. Like they were fans yeah. of the show. Yes, exactly. And that's, what's so upsetting is that like, I would rather take the Star Trek pull pre world war three reality than like, Oh, the, the big war started because of pissing contest between Jeff well, Bezos and Richard to be fair, Ralston. you've said on the show many, many times that you're looking forward to a eugenic war. So you just want any you always excuse. say that. And I was always wondering sword. why you would say yeah. that, and now it, it like, actually makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I have with my superior intellect and con-like <laughs> abilities. <laughs> you know, I have my. I mean, haven't you noticed? I always wear my shirt open with my massive pecs sticking out. I have like, yeah, really modeled that, yeah. my life after con. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's yeah. fair. Um, I just, I, I thought since we're talking about Star Trek, we should talk a little bit about the real space race and it's just so stupid. It's so, and I am a big fan. I like, I woke up uh, early to watch him do it and it was like, well, this kind of sucks and I love space and this is kind of stupid. Uh, I, I mean, I think here's the thing that I'm realizing about space generally is that like, okay, so you know how like sometimes you like, you know, they, you get to maybe a concert and there's like a, uh, sort of like sometimes you're setting up for a while and then maybe mm-hmm. there's like a warm up band and yeah. then there's really good stuff. Like we're gonna die. Oh, this is opening acts. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. die far before any of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's just the so thing right. we have to deal with. It's like, look, we just were born at a time when, yeah. yes, maybe we get to open, in the, like, you get to the end of the venue, maybe you get to see in the seat, but that's about it. You're just so, watching people so set up. So in this metaphor, no. we're we're like the flies that live in a music venue. So we live for just 24 hours, and like we just barely get to the part where the opening band mm-hmm. is finished. Then we're watching the roadies uh, set up, and then we die. Oh, yeah, well, it's mostly roadie set up for us. I've been saying this for years, but we are the generation that lives in the opening credit montage of most science fiction movies. Right? The montage so that like, catches you up on everything to get yeah, to. Yeah, it's a bunch of like random TV world. broadcasts. Yeah, that is our generation. We are That's the generation true. solely to have a lot of like news headlines that in retrospect seem really bad. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's that such is, a good point i want to end the oh, segment place. on that that is very very good um all right so let's get on now to our anchor segment uh the homework today as has been very clear by now we're talking about star trek the next generation um hunter mm-hmm. if you please 
Wait, I got to do the summary? No, you got to no, sing. The music. Oh. Yeah, so this is, um, we watched uh, parody Star Trek a few weeks ago. We talked about how I'd never seen any Star Trek except for the Next Generation porn parody that I watched for this show, um, which did not give me as much of that backstory as Anthony's talking about. But um, anyway, so Hunter made us a playlist from uh, episodes from season two and three. We watched four different episodes from two and three, and then we're going to watch four more episodes next week. It's a two-part covering a big swath of uh, TNG. And Hunter, you said making Star Trek playlists is one of your favorite things. Yeah, I so, love to do that. In fact, I'm working on a giant project right now to uh, make my my own cut of the entire series where I oh, cut out episodes that are unnecessary. The but machete edit of Star Trek The Next Generation. My machete edit, because I don't feel like... I've been looking at the ones on the internet, and I feel like they're not good enough. So Interesting. Wait, what are you trying to key. cut for or around? You have to watch some bad episodes. Okay. I will not allow a list... Like, if you can't appreciate a bad Star Trek episode then I don't even think you should be watching the good ones. And too many of the lists are like, here's just the good episodes. It's like, no, you need to watch yeah. some of the crap because the crap yeah. has some good stuff in it. You need to watch the season two season finale. That is just a really <laughs> bad clip show because they literally <laughs> ran out of money and said, okay, uh, we have enough to film 10 minutes of an episode. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll just pit clips in the rest of it. That's literally... What That's, the season Do they get stuck in an elevator? That's very funny. No, uh, um, it's like Riker a Riker episode. Stuck in a hospital, basically. Yeah. It's like a hospital yeah. bed. Uh, but yeah, Which so just, just to clarify, show. Hunter, what you just said, of the four we watched today, are these four good ones? These are four, uh, well, I would say three of them are like legendary episodes. One of them is one I put in so that because it sets up another one. It's still a pretty good episode, but oh, like, interesting. These are okay. these are three of the best of the best. Well, I have a 50-50 shot of which one you're talking about, but I am assuming that I know. As were you going to say uh, something in there? Oh, I was just saying, like, on machete edits, I, I feel like I was falling asleep once, and I was like, has anyone ever done a machete edit of the movie Machete, where they only ever, like, they cut from when anyone says the word machete to the next time they say the word machete? <laughs> okay, so it's a machete well, edit of machete talk? Yeah, well, so it's only, but they're only saying the word machete over and over again. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, it, it should be like... um like those B movie cuts that the movie doubles in speed every time someone says the word B. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like one of those with machetes. The movie just doubles in speed every time. I like the idea says that, machete. that you do a, an edit of the film Machete where the star is the knife. So it's like if you were going to show this to a machete, it would be like, oh, look at that. It's my friend living his dream, yeah. being a machete. <laughs> There's probably multiple machetes in there. Oh, wow, crazy. Then it's just the machetes. I, that's a great idea. I think you're right. I think someone should do that. Um, let me give you guys, for those of you at home uh, like, who have not watched Star Trek The Next Generation. Real fast, before we, before we do that, I want to just yeah. ask Hunter something. Hunter, can yeah. you right now, off the top of your head, give me the opening monologue from Star Trek Next Generation? Aw. Uh, uh, here, wait. Let me, let, me, let me turn on some stuff. Um, let's do a little bit of Echo. Okay. Let's pitch it down. He's googling. He's cheating. I'm not googling. I'm gonna write it out because I think I know it's too slow. Can't listen to this. It's unlistenable. These are the voyages. Come on. <laughs> All right, I'm done. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> it's too slow. <laughs> people are in their shower right now and they're furious. <laughs> I messed up with the shower people. I'm sorry, shower people. I love you. Can you do it off the top of your head, Anthony? And don't do it, but just yes or no. Uh, yes, I could, but I mean, I just, Ez, can you, 
Okay, so I know it's like space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the uh, Starship Enterprise. Uh, it's mission to seek out new life forms and boldly go where no man has gone before. You basically it's, got it. That's, that's a really continuing close. mission. Okay. It's to explore uh, okay. strange new worlds. Well, yeah, because it's to like... Seek out new life, new civilizations, <laughs> and to boldly go where no one has gone before I... and let Riker fuck everything in between. <laughs> I will say, except for that Riker part, which is very specific, that's a pretty vague mission to have a whole starship. Just like, go drive around, see what stuff's out there. No, but you have to go um, places where people haven't gone before, though. That's new. It's like, it's new shit. Right, right. right. It's like, yeah, you so have to, like, you're just finding YouTube videos with zero plays. You have to like very mm. carefully navigate around because once you go to a place, you've ruined it for everybody. Well, they have a they have a rule about that, which is try not to ruin it for everyone. Yeah, there, there's a, yeah. there's a try not to trick. ruin this new place. There's a whole Star Trek campsite rule. You you yeah. could say, you know, yeah, they forget about it when they want to, and they actually make a lot of, especially if you're really paying attention, they pretty much uh, screw it over whenever the writer just kind of forgot about the rule or didn't oh, like fun. the rule that week. So. Or a lot of then a lot of times they use it to justify why they should let like a. Um, a planet-eating uh, crystal continue to eat planets. They're like, "Hey, man, rules. Am I right? Let it do its thing." Sorry, guys. Regulations. Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. Well, so for those of you who've never seen Star Trek: The Next Generation and got this far, maybe because you're in a shower and can't skip the episode. Um, <laughs> so the uh, let me give you first the overall overview, and then I'll tell you about the four episodes we watch. So uh, the Starship Enterprise, as indicated from that opening, is a, a serving dish, a serving platter shaped spaceship that is just flying around, doing stuff, checking out the sites, seeing things, having sex, <laughs> and uh, the administrative staff. Um, sits in very cushy-looking chairs in a bridge that otherwise seems like it's made out of cardboard. Um, in the seasons I watched, the crew of the bridge were a beautiful bald captain who doesn't sound French, even though his name does, a robot wearing a, an upsetting amount of hand makeup, and or a guy in robot face, the guy from Reading Rainbow, but his headband fell down in front of his face, somebody's kid who's just like wandering around touching stuff, a lawyer wearing the official Starfleet cleavage sweater, an unfortunate 90s beard who uh, speaks with half winking his left eye every time he talks, and a guy with a water buffalo for a head. That Wait. is the crew. Hilarious. <laughs> of Counselor Troy is that she's a lawyer? Yeah, why did you think... Because oh, Cam- the word counselor, I assumed... Uh, you thought she was a lawyer? Yeah, well, I don't think she's a spiritual counselor. That's literally oh, that's what she way is. Closer she's to her psychic job. counselor. Lawyer. Yes. I can't believe what you just said. Like you think well, she goes around as like, hey, you showed me had lawyer shit in him. Right, but it wasn't her doing the lawyering. No, it she was... came in later. I was like, I guess they just needed somebody to be here. What <laughs> <laughs> lawyers on this spaceship? Huh. It's a pretty. There is so much of this is about regulations. I felt like maybe they just had a lawyer. Yeah, uh, that's and so not funny. their official count in, internal so counsel. <laughs> no. And you also understand clearly that she's a betazoid and everything that means, right? You have a is that why she gets a different sweater that is so much more revealing than everybody else's uniform? No, that's just the same one piece uniform except for her, where it's like it's one piece but cut around the boobs. Yeah, she eventually gets to wear a regular costume later, and then they actually like switch her back. It like it kind of sucks. That's all. That's all. The problem with Star Trek is uh, Gene Roddenberry, the creator. 
was a progressive guy, but he was kind of a horn dog, and he uh, uh, he kind of sucks in a lot of ways when it comes it's, to it's, that. It's kind of stuff. so some funny because we didn't watch any of the first season, uh, which is pretty bad, and definitely when Gene had the most control. But you, as you go on, you see his control kind of loosen more yep. and more, and like the whole first season, all the women on the Enterprise in the twenty fourth century uh, are wearing <laughs> mini skirts. Oh God! Uh, and then that that's the type good. of thing that, like, in the second season, they're like, maybe, maybe we, uh, we have them like wear pants. How about that for a crazy idea? That um, it's so funny. It's there's so many. It's so many guys in the in the sci-fi world are like, look, dude, it's the future. Cups are triangle shaped now, but obviously, women have the same positions. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's like, so wild. Because like, like, so I was like, oh man, this is so fun. It's so fun to be back in this world. I'm just going to randomly watch another episode. And um, <laughs> I I did another one because it was a time travel one. I was like, oh, this is great. Uh, and it was uh, Times Squared. Uh, and basically the cold open of that is just like um, Riker is making uh, scrambled eggs for everyone. And Worf's like, I thought that uh, for humans, only women made uh, cooking. And, and I was like, oh my God. Oh, in no. Their vision of the 24th like, century was still 24th that, like, century. Like, that we could, that, that's like, that's the thing that's going to stick around for sure. Also, this was made in like the late 80s, right? Like, yeah. for sure. Also, they should have known then. You shouldn't have to wait till the 24th century for that. Yeah. Well, I will say this, though. It, that's a wharf line, and they, they very regularly give wharf like the bad guy, like, uh oh, you're not, this is not the. This is not right, kind well, of blind. Okay, kind but of then, dunk on war. Okay, a little but bit. then, but then Riker says, "Like, well, my mom died when I was young." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. <laughs> Excellent <laughs> attempt to save that and, hunter, no, but I'm going to say swing. No, I'm not. I, I I will not defend. I mean, the show has like massive flaws like that, and at least yeah. I, I will say that um, one thing about TNG versus the original series is the original series does try and front load itself as being. Um, like they're a little more vocal about the idea that this show might be a little feminist and then their <laughs> failings make it seem really horrible. Yeah. And at least TNG actually doesn't do a whole lot to present itself as feminist. It's just like pretty much just treats all the female characters uh, pretty shitty. Uh, mm. It's not great in that way. Questionable choices. As you as like Gene kind of, you know, steps away and you start to get really great sort of female writers like Jerry Taylor who comes in and was very instrumental in like Deep Space Nine and Voyager mm-hmm. as well. You definitely start to see a real change of it. But like you Friend know with the show even, Jane Espenson writing for the later seasons. Even like the crazy thing about like Next Gen, even like I think Next Gen is a great entry point for Star Trek. It's a super watchable show. But like the reason why, like, Deep Space Nine is my personal favorite of all the Star Trek shows that I've seen, and the reason why is that it's the first one to really get out of Gene Roddenberry's, like, mod, like, control and rules he set down. Right. So there's some pretty wild stuff about Star Trek and the way the rules work for the show. So Gene Roddenberry imagined a world in which, right, there's no money, so no one right. has any material needs, so you can't write a story about that. Nobody has career ambitions that would make you want to like stab someone in the back. So there's because there's jobs for everyone, right? Really? Because I feel so, like the fourth episode of this was all about backstabbing career ambitions. Well, yeah, or but, lack of career ambition. Lack of well, career like, ambition more than well, anything no, but else. there was but, there was the the sassy lady had yeah, so but much still ambition. she yeah. So, yeah, she so the point about the rules well. thing though isn't so much that they followed them rigidly. I mean, because yeah. basically every rule set in Star Trek, like again, like I was saying before with the Prime Directive, the writers like didn't always play by the rules. 
the mm. the thing is that Gene and his lawyer wanted these rules enforced, so it created a lot of tension, oh. yeah. a crazy oh. amount of tension, in fact, behind the scenes with the people making this show. But yeah, like imagine writing, having to write seven seasons of TV show when num when the number one rule is no interpersonal conflict <laughs> right. between your right. characters, <laughs> right? Like that was something he actually wanted. Characters can't fight. They can't argue. Everyone gets along. And it's just like, but how That's do we make a TV funny. show out of that? That's very how, funny. I mean, pe- people don't have, so like, especially once you get into Deep Space Nine and they start to add like aliens who do have currency, right? Who do have like things oh. that they want and desire. You start to get so much better, more complex stories than what Gene would allow, which was just like I said, this like utopian vision that kind of pit blinders on him from like really good story stuff. You well, know? so let me tell everybody what we watch specifically because my takes from the series are going to be extremely limited in nature. Um, uh, so here's what we watch. First, we watch season two, episode nine, Measure of a Man, in which a douchebag asks to perf- uh, permission to take apart makeup hand robot and his friends don't want that. So they have a series of arguments about robots and life as if no one had ever thought about this before, well, even though be it's the 24th fair, century no and yeah, has been working on point. it the since the 1930s. No <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, nobody had built a successful android since then. Alan and Turing was doing this work in the 30s, I think, philosophizing about this. I feel a like a lot of had... great data got lost in World War Three. Alex, ah, yes. there okay, is a World a War Three in this world. Uh, Although okay. they do talk about World War Two battles in one of these. Yeah. Ep- anyway, well, that's um, another little thing I love about Star Trek is that it takes place in the 24th century, but no one references anything before. They, oh, that's so funny. This is such uh, a classic sci-fi thing where they're like, it's like 5,000 years in the future. I was like, remember that song from the 60s? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so filled with that. Uh, I've but thought also, about that so I do, often that I want, if I ever do a sci-fi that's set way in the future, it's just going to be full of so many reference. It's going to be super reference heavy to stuff you don't get. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah, our great. Oh man, that. it reminds me of this great song that uh, you can't. I can't really explain it to you. You just feel it in your heart when it's playing. Um, uh, anyway, they said this uh, thing. I do want to add one small little asterisk to your measure well, you, of a man's. You, you already interrupted my that, first sentence, so maybe let me finish. But just that also uh, Data himself doesn't want to be taken apart. Not just his friends don't want it. Well, but Data you're, himself you're putting a lot on like, on this ah. robot. Um, you're yeah. The robot says that it would not like to be taken apart. Um, so uh, anyway, the bad guy is the guy who says that we should let we shouldn't let computers vote. Uh, but he loses and during a weird tribunal where they make very simplistic arguments about this. And because he loses, anytime you turn off your Roomba, you're a fucking murderer. So that's the episode. Yeah. It, so, yes, it, it definitely applied to I, Roombas I think you as got well. The right we're talking yeah. about Roombas. Um, I'm glad uh, you we, nailed the subtext there, Alex. I was afraid yeah. you were going to miss so it. So I'm going to jump around a little bit because you gave us four, but there's we, there was two two-parters, basically. So then we also watched season three, episode 16, The Offspring, where uh, so buoy- buoyed by the ruling that he is a person, Data creates a baby robot that, also, that knows everything about human life, but also has never heard of kissing. Um, she doesn't fit in in human school, so like most precocious children, she becomes a barback at uh, age two weeks. Um, Starfle- <laughs> Starfleet tries to take that robot baby away from Data, and that causes her to feel feelings, which, as it does for most of us, causes her brain to melt down. And so she's dead, but she lives on in Data's brain physically. So that was the two-part robot series. And we also watched 
2.16 Q who where a merry prankster and the inspiration for QAnon um, appears out of nowhere. And like every character who has shown up in the series so far has a mysterious past with the captain that I don't know about. He teleports the captain to the edge of the galaxy where they find a big, bad steampunk alien species that finds around, flies around in a space box steampunk. and they barely <laughs> escape. And then we watch the other half of that, which is uh, 3.26 best of, best of both worlds. Part one. Um, which is where these steampunk uh, space box people come back. Uh, they kidnap the captain um, and force him to become a spokes character for them. Then uh, robot water buffalo and precocious new lady, who is the only one who has desires of career and who um, wants trimmed beards job. They jump into the space box where they run around playing laser tag for a while, um, only to discover that their captain has turned into the hottest Borg of all time to be continued. So those okay. are the four episodes we watched. Yeah, and uh, again, I hate to always be uh, fact checking you, but yeah, sure. um, Q isn't you the hate it because they're so accurate. Well, yeah, well, Q isn't the uh, inspiration for uh, QAnon. That's actually oh. the Ridley Scott movie White Squall. I mean, come on, oh, we all know that. Oh, that's fair. Um, I originally thought it was the band Q and not you, but it turns <laughs> out unrelated to that as well. No, yeah, that's unrelated actually. Um, yeah, th- thank you for that clarification, Anthony. So those are the movies, those are the episodes that we watched. Um, so, you, so Hunter, how did you pick this series of episodes for me to, um, as an introductory? Well, process? yeah, so, uh, it's interesting that you called them like two, two-parters, um, because, and I, I see why you would think that because you're just watching these four. Because you gave me Robot and then Robot Baby, and then you yeah. gave me Borg and Borg is back. Right, but these, these episodes are made like, uh, like, they're years apart from each other. So like kind of the way storytelling, the one really interesting aspect of the way they wrote the next generation is there are, are there it's an episodic show, right? Um, It's not just like one story. It's not like a serialized show where it's a story that keeps building every single episode. They wrote all of these like threads that go kind of all the way through um, the show. Some of them have like a wild amount of distance in between them. Like there's a season two episode that doesn't really get followed up on until like, I think season six or season seven. Uh. Um, so these, these, these are, these are like details that if you were just watching this on TV, you actually might miss some of the connective tissue between all of this. Right. This um, is but where it you it, as Star Trek DJ comes in. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm assembling it and putting it together and the, the connections are uh, pretty obvious in it and playing it this way actually makes the show feel, I think a little more modern um, but mm-hmm. I mean, you would have to watch like a whole season, like like a whole like twenty something episodes in between, like Measure of a Man and like The Offspring. So I yeah. put them right and next to each other, and yeah, maybe it feels like a two parter. But actually, this is just like stuff you kind of have to just like remember if you were yeah. watching it uh, normal style back well, in the nineties. And every episode of Next Gen is meant to be an introductory episode to Next yes. Gen, right? Like, yep. this was just that point in TV. Like, the, uh, these right, things right, right. are all connected, but, like, when Hunter says, like, certain things that get talked about in Season 2, they don't get paid off till Season 6 or, you know, expanded upon till Season 6. It's not like that's treated like a cliffhanger, right? Every no. episode is a self-contained story, unless it is yes. specifically a Part 1 and Part 2, which they do once or twice a season. Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So, you know, it is all supposed to be entirely self-contained. You can jump in at any point. I do like the through line uh, that these four episodes represent because you do get 
Um, in a lot of ways, I think the sort of list we have here is, in my experience with Next Gen, is that the you know the first season starts off really rocky. The show really builds and peaks with kind of uh, best of both worlds one and two, and then kind of slowly declines towards the end a little bit. Interesting. As well. Um, but yeah, we definitely kind of I think got the some of the best and most sort of memed and referenced episodes. So, um, so which one of these four is the bad one? There's not a bad one. It's just like bad. I, you I, said I, at the beginning, Hunter. You said one of these was kind of bad, but it set up another one. No, I didn't. I didn't say kind of bad. I just meant like not like a like not one of the best. I would not say Q is uh, just okay, <laughs> but the fact that it introduces the Borg makes it kind of automatically a very um important episode before like a q episode it's not like my favorite q episode so what is q's deal why is he just like popping around he can teleport he's He's the most powerful person but he wants a job he's part of (laughs) what uh an entity known as the q collective which uh continuum they're called the q continuum continuum. where 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 they go one they go all yeah. The letter two has been ruined. I'm so sorry. Yeah, it really has been. Yeah. Um but, yeah, I get um, that. But yeah, so they're basically, you know, like the very first episode and the very last episode, but the very first episode of Next Gen is they run in the queue and he pits them on trial for the sins of humanity, right? Oh. Um so he is like someone who is like very interested on what in authority? He's a space god. He can do whatever he wants. In like, wait, why does space god want to work for John? Why does regular god want anything? <laughs> Who knows, Alex? <laughs> what are we fucking a theology class now? I, well, you gave me some theologically heavy episodes. Then, if yeah. you gave me two about whether robots have feelings, and then and then two about a god. Yeah, um, I also yeah. like. I, I also kind of hate the aspect of like, like I I really like um the the Borg as a as an enemy, um yeah. they're like kind of a a special type of enemy. I feel like for um the type of show that Star Trek is, because for me the Next Generation is a very like a very sweet kind of like homey show, mm. and um the Borg are just such like a horror type villain that it's like a very fun I think contrast for them to be featured in a TV show like this. Um, Q though is like the type of Star Trek character that comes from like uh like in in the original series they would like occasionally run into like the Greek gods and stuff like that um and it was a really like kind of hokey um type of thing and Q is kind of in that tradition um and I think he's kind of the last example of that type of character in Star Trek I don't think um I I I'm not completely up to date on like Star Trek Discovery but I think this type of character has largely uh, been abandoned because it's it's hokey um and i don't even think q would have survived all the way through star trek the next generation except for just uh john delancey um is just uh i don't know he's just really good at that like kind of trickster or, like loki type mm, yeah um, he's fun yeah, and yeah like he, most he's q very fun episodes uh like he transports the uh, cast of the show into the Robin Hood narrative, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. so it's, yeah, it's yeah. yeah, they get of, like, way really, hokier than this. <laughs> yeah, he's super silly that and kind weird. of just... Yes. He's a chaos monster, right? Wait, so but, did like, you, okay, so I'm glad you didn't give me the one where he would put uh, uh, John on trial for the uh, sins of humanity, because then I would have thought this show was exclusively about lawyers. Well, no. it's sort uh, of... I mean, you know what? <laughs> I, think, I think a discovery that they sort of made about uh patrick stewart 
uh, or about uh, Picard uh, in the episode Measure of a Man is that his character is almost like a lawyer um, mm -hmm. in the way that he is kind of like always... Um, He's not like a direct uh, type hero. Like Kirk is like a swashbuckling. Yeah. Like he just like like he sees trouble and he just like gets involved right away. Uh, mm -hmm. Picard is almost like neutral. He's like a moral arbiter uh, type character, much like uh, like I guess a, a good lawyer would be in fiction. Anyways, not in real life, obviously. Yeah, um, I mean that is a, that's kind of why it ties into why you like why the Borg is such a great villain specifically for this period of Star Trek because and like what kind of reframes next generation is like wait what Hunter said the original Star Trek right like Kirk is the type of hero he goes places he fucks blue women and he punches monsters that's literally <laughs> his thing that was all Kirk was ever good at was fist fighting monsters and getting laid everywhere right but and he wasn't good at fist fighting he, monsters they just in fact the fight scenes in the original series are uh, yeah. hilariously bad they're not much better in next generation yeah. though, i should say well also but at the same time like oh man you want to talk about things that don't hold up the um the original klingons were just white dudes in blackface uh, and now they're just yeah um, pretty messed up now they're, you know, they made them a unique alien race that's like has this really great mythology, and Michael Dorf gives this incredible performance. Um, Wait, are, but, is that wrinkle forehead guy? Yeah, yeah, okay, Wolf, yeah. Um, yeah, he's actually but, a great character. I haven't brought any. We won't be watching any good Worf episodes, but you have to trust mm. me. Like, actually, Worf is uh, is pretty awesome. I believe it. Yeah, I like Worf's him. He's got a good forehead. Worf and Data are probably my and Jordy are the three fa my three favorite characters on. Well, Data uh, is just the the makeup is so bad that it's pretty hard for me to watch Data. I like well, the whole it's time. Bad, I'm just but like, it's like I, I, it's iconic in its badness. Like I don't know. Like I, I wouldn't take it any lip, other like, way. It's like halfway point. down his mouth, so you see the normal yeah. color of his mouth poking out, or you see his hands, and it's just like, oh, it's so gross. It's all under your fingernails. I, ah. I mean, well, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, so like it's kind of a catch twenty two because I think this you know, this was broadcast in like you know crappy SD and then they went and like remastered it and that's why I think he also uh, you know, like, oh, yes. I can see all the badness in, in perfect uh, clarity right now. I feel like even in like standard definition, I would be like, man, those sets shake a lot when they walk around. I feel yeah, like I, I could have told that too. It's tough because there's actually a lot of details like that in various episodes now that um, that people did not had not noticed before. But oh, because of the okay. higher definition, there's like yeah. I, there's like a you can look you can look up like a list of like uh, all this different stuff that people have noticed. We're like, oh, there's like uh, you can now see like the carpets really like screwed up over there. There's like uh, there's scenes now where you can see the tape that they would have on the floor to mark where. Uh, oh, where someone would stand, you know? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, you have to think, this was early 90s, um, smaller production than, you know, a, even a small TV show nowadays. Plus, they were doing 20-something episodes and having to yeah, create so crazy. entire alien planets and new races and sets every week. I mean, the production schedule, and it's kind of why, you know, they... We're able to justify, and it's so funny to think of. Now I would love to have sort of like three really good Star Trek shows running simultaneously. But like a big part of why they could justify that in the 90s was we can just reuse sets. We're going to build these stupid alien sets anyway. Yep. So uh, we'll use them here. Then Voyager can 
move them around and reuse them. Then Deep Space can reshift them around and reuse them. And the um, same goes for the special effects shots. Like there's, yes. um, and I think Measure of a Man, there's a special effects shot that's from uh, one of the Star Trek movies. I think maybe even Wrath of Khan, or no, maybe it's <laughs> oh, Star Trek. That's interesting. Yeah. The, the the cheapness of it, I think, is largely charming. Um, but the yeah. cheapness of the intellectual arguments that they're essentially having was pretty exhausting. That the robot one was really rough for me. That yeah. first episode we watched, I was like, I I get, I, I was just not prepared for the show to be so stupid. <laughs> I was expecting it to be less stupid, I guess. It was I mean, just this like, is like a show for like families. Like this is not like it's huh. it's not yeah. supposed to go. Yeah, it really super felt like that deep. too. Especially oh, this the one about him being a parent where he's like he kept being like, Isn't that how all parents are? Yeah, that seems right. like it might be fun if we were our whole family was there and this was the only thing on television because we had four channels still. Um Yeah, but, but keep yeah. going on this measure of a man thing, because I, I think it would, I think it's funny. That you're calling it stupid because yeah. this is like a legendary episode of TNG. Yeah, I think you're forgetting one that this name me anything else that was this by your standards dumb on broadcast TV in the early. Yeah, this 90s. is like 1989. Like, I don't know. This, I, didn't wa- this, I don't know. I'm, that's not. I but, can't do that. I have no but idea. That's that's just the point that I think is like you, you kind of gets lost in arguments. Well, but like here, that. here, no, I I I actually want to hear you break it down. Like what? Um, the, okay. So the well the the first thing that bothers me the most about everything that has to do with data is that ostensibly he has downloaded everything that's ever happened and he's just and then the joke is that he's the dumbest person in the world and that's a weird he's conflict not dumb for me. he just he he has well, so, he he, is, so he struggles poker, socially and I have a lot of poker things but he plays poker and he's like I have read everything ever written on the game of poker yeah and then he does has never heard of a bluff. Like he does, they bluff, and he's like, "What does that mean? Why would you bet when you don't have the best hand? Like, what did a you stuff, read? A lot of stuff was destroyed in World War Three, Alex. All right, good <laughs> strategy. Also, Every book about poker ever written is just like the good just, ones. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're reading just the rules of poker, right? That's what he was yeah, saying. The only every him. by every book left, he read the 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 bonus card that comes with the rank of hands. Hmm. And had to go from that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's like, yeah. What, what, I'm not gonna, no, to I'm not going to try and <sighs> I'm not going to try and defend the. Cho- no, it doesn't make any sense yeah. that he that he didn't read about. And he kept doing that with stuff like with with but his kid. That, it was like she, she. I have downloaded every piece of information about human interaction, and she is like, I will kiss this man because other people kiss men. Like the 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 joke, the jokiness of it just doesn't make sense with what we've given him as a character. Uh, that was hard and but just their arguments about whether or not he was a person was just so it felt like a comic strip was arguing about whether a robot was a person it was just so like you've never thought about this at all you have an ai person in employee you have a person in your ranks and no it never occurred to you does he have rights there's no thought process to any of this this is the first time any of you have thought i wonder if data feels it got you got in two season two before someone wondered if this robot could feel like it it makes no sense that they don't care about like they've never thought of it at all it was just like guys this is a dumb argument you're having right i mean it is i i I, I think i think it is uh i think it's fair to say that it's like contrived like they're creating this they want to have this scene they want to have this courtroom scene Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. in order for that to work they have to make a lot of concessions and sort of assume a dumbness. Like I, I will grant yeah. you that the situation that is dumb, or or that the episode might have been written in reverse because they wanted to have 
They're like, listen, we want Patrick Stewart in a room being Data's lawyer. How do we get yeah. there? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. this has to be done. That has to be done. That has to be done. And there's a lot of there's a lot of Star Trek that is that. Hmm. But like Patrick Stewart's performance in that scene. Ooh, I like almost cry. So like uh, I, I, yeah. I will. And, and you have to remember, I have watched the show my whole life. So like yeah, yeah. it's like. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that someone this is like so many things you guys bring me that you really care about where it's like, well, look, obviously it feels different to you because you saw it when you were seven. Yeah. And so well, it's I like mean, been I with you this whole time. I, my heart so, still connects to it pretty easily, though. I will say yeah, that I didn't watch this till two years ago and I found it to be really affecting and moving. And I think what blows my mind again, kind of just going back to the to talking about things in context, right? Like I wish again that if this is dumb, I wish that Star Trek could be this dumb again. Like, when people <laughs> talk about what they love about Star Trek, it's like, no matter, if you want to nitpick the particulars of it, you know, whatever, Alex, that's your thing, right? But it's like, the fact that this was, like, a major show that, like, most of the third plot, third act, and the special plot, it's just people discussing and arguing Just people arguing a thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that is what great Star Trek is. That is not what Star Trek is anymore. So Star Trek I'm... is not is if you like Star Trek now may may have like more like less plot inconsistencies, but they don't discuss ideas anymore. It's just violence that they solve everything with. Now. So that's weird. And but, that's so like, I'm all for I'm all for that, and I'm I don't mind at all if it's a contrivance to get to this point where they're going to have the argument. It just feels like the people writing this didn't read a single thing about sentience before they had like as and I are both philosophy have philosophy degrees, which I don't bring up often because it's not that impressive <laughs> and it's not cool or interesting. And we but didn't we do did, a good job on the degrees. We, I like we that you brought you into is and we did not do it. Well, we did, you as well. This is where we met is we were studying philosophy together in college um and we did not do a great job of the major of the degree either of us Mm -hmm. but i did take a class about this sort of thing and i'm just surprised like like so in um in the good place they have ostensibly (laughs) a philosopher ostensibly conversation about moral philosophy and as i'm sure you would agree with me they're pretty simplistic they're kind of dumb like the history of western philosophy according to that show is the trolley problem which doesn't actually come up that often um, in philosophy, I kill but, a lot of people with trolleys, Alex. I don't know if it doesn't mm. come off for you. No, I, I mean, it's an argument. What are you doing? <laughs> killing people with trolleys it's up in your real life? I'm, yes, absolutely. No, well, you do not who take gave the you control of this trolley stick? Oh, who, just, who let you decide between trolley tracks? They try to stop me. I just, I just run them over though. So. <laughs> well, is it moral to kill this person who's trying to stop me if it would save these seven people trying to stop me? But like, so that right, I I don't mind. But at least it felt like they read, they did a Google search. They read one article. I I know they had to go to the library at the time. But it feels like they didn't do. There's like they had nothing. They're like, well, I made up these two criteria. He meets two of them. I guess he's a man. I don't. I I just think it, again. I think it's Alice. I think things you learned in your philosophy class were influenced. By this episode of Star Trek. No, they weren't. Right? I was studying yes. continental philosophy, which stopped advancing in the 1960s. But like the idea of sentience and artificial intelligence, if you get into the philosophy of that, like Alan Turing things... was writing about that in the 40s. Like this is all stuff that I, was available I, for them in a library. I, to I, be do, like... I, I really don't care whether it is dumb mm. or smart, because to me, Star Trek Next Generation is sort of like it's like we're like in the realm of Sesame Street as far as level of kind of wholesome moral tales, I expect it 
to that, tell I, me. I think it's a, exactly yeah. right. I felt like it was a Sesame Street level wholesome moral tale about sentience. Yes. And so, which is a little dumb. That is exactly the tone that like makes me love Star Trek. So I mm. like, I, yeah. I am neither surprised nor like really put off by the idea that this is the dumbest version of this argument. But like, sometimes you need a show that is just trying to back up good ideas and is not really trying to get in the weeds of like of wait um, i'm not sure it's a good idea that we should treat artificial intelligence as a human life form that gets votes i feel like there's this is super problematic it's not, it's well, not should we it's not should we uh, treat it's it's should we treat data your your friend data your yeah. buddy data <laughs> that you know in the show what? and then later the offspring episode is more about well oh what God. about other robos but measure of a man is not like it well well that is um that is essentially what they decide at the end of it is that um androids will get to be recognized or whatever it becomes like precedent or something like which is also like stupid like why is like this captain getting to dis like make yeah, law yeah. why does this court get to make it doesn't law? make any sense but what i mean is like the the emotional level of the episode is about yeah. like does your buddy data have the right to be a person basically well, does he's your buddy, buddy data, data. Have... he's a computer who's walking around but here's Look. the thing alex like you one you're friends with him and you like him and also he wants to be a person and like that's probably different yeah. from like your roomba he doesn't want yes. to be a person because well, my well, roomba could have a message guys, on it that flashes getting, because i would like to be a person we're, well, really, getting lost, <laughs> we're really getting lost in the weeds and alex doesn't think most people on this well planet alex lives really in the evil. weeds okay <laughs> and i want so, to hang out with alex in the weeds okay i'm trying to join my buddy Alex in the weeds. Look, who Alex has to be a lot, person. Alex has a lot in common with Lieutenant Commander <laughs> Data. Like, I, he is definitely the Data of this show. The problem of consciousness yeah, is what, like, <laughs> the oh, basis yeah. What? You really are the Data of the show. I think yeah. Alex just really nailed I, something. I really you know? nailed it. You're right. That's going to really you go watch me. Make up, make up off um, my hands. Because <laughs> um, I, I thought you were just here, you know, again, arguing pro-slavery. Uh, <laughs> no. Which is, again, something you come back to a lot. Oh, can we talk uh, about Whoopi more? Yeah, we should yeah, talk about Whoopi more. As far as the, the legal precedent, it's actually coming from his bartender friend. Who... Well, I wanted, that was something I wanted to bring up about, like, what I think is really interesting about these four we watched and the the portrait they paint of Star Trek Next Generation versus what the show actually is uh -huh. on a week-to-week -week basis. So there was, like, my wife and I were re-watching these, and we sort of... Uh, Heather was kind of curious about why we were all doing sort of four more sort of heavy episodes when there are a lot of very fun, just silly yes, one-off yes. episodes as well. So, like, that's also a big part of the show. And then the other thing that I thought was really funny, if you watch just these four episodes, you would think Guinan, Whippy Goldberg's character, was a major member of <laughs> the did. cast. I, I left her out of the initial cast because she's not she's on the bridge, but she seems four. like she's the most important person in the yeah, in this ship. But she isn't. She lives on the ship. She's a magical ancient alien, right? Uh, who you know who is agreed to a forty-year contract as a bartender on this cruise ship. Her and Picard have a complex history they never talk about, and I really yeah, love literally that. Literally, everyone just, Picard meets, they're like, they wink like they have a yeah. complex history I've never heard about. But um, her and Guin his and Guinan's thing is something they reference through the series, but they never say what it is. But, like, Guinan's whole thing, it is kind of funny. By the time season six happens, 
is like the way Guinan talks to you is she'll she'll say something and then will say like the opposite of what she means so that you get mm. offensive and go, oh, wait a minute, I get what you're doing, but no one ever at first immediately gets it. And it's Weird. like, she's been there for seven years. You know how her MO is. Um, but yeah, she's rarely, rarely in episodes. She's probably in four or five episodes a season at most. Okay, um, well, so here's some things about her. She has a really cool space hat. Um, <laughs> she serves green drinks and red drinks because it's space. And also her job is making drinks for people, even though you can also get drinks at any point from the wall. Yeah. The wall does the same job as she does. Why can't she just live on this ship? Why does she have to have a job replicating the wall? I wonder if there's ever a line in any of the Star Trek shows that ever addressed that. Because it is definitely, I remember thinking that when I was a kid. It was like, well, why don't you just go to the replicator and you're like, uh, vodka soda. And then it just, they they do. They do do. have an episode referencing that, like, people want the experience of a bourbon. Like, you can go, like, burrows could have things that would just drink dispensos now. Mm hmm. People pay because they like having a bartender that they can talk to or so like when I was hang in, out with or get that personalized stuff. When I was in Portland them. a couple weeks ago, I don't know if you guys know this, but there are two Portland coffee shops now that are exclusively a robot barista. And I don't know how I feel about it. So I can see that point, I guess. Do they want um, to be free? <laughs> did you ask them? No, yeah, I did it, not ask them because even if they said yes, I would not let them. Do they, they want to help computer. me drive a trolley? <laughs> so you're Even like they said yes i would not let them <laughs> you're, yeah. you're like, hello i would like a i would like They're a cafe au lait you. and also i would like you to control this and junction between also. these two trolley tracks <laughs> and also freedom yeah. um i i so i watched a few of these like all of these like at the time they were airing i think maybe probably on repeat on uh i guess upn or whatever yeah. it was um, upn yeah. Okay. Cool. And so, like, my dad watched it a ton. Uh, I didn't really join like watching Star Trek until like Deep Space Nine and then and Voyager. But like, I always remember loving any episode that uh, that Whoopi would be in, and also all the Q episodes as well. So this was a fun a fun batch for me. Yeah, uh, I guess they're yeah. both overrepresented because now, I'm, like, if I had watched all of them, I would definitely be like, oh heck yeah, well, Whoopi. They, they are I the did two most important. Like, She's always there. It's it's good for them to, them to be well represented because they're the two most important guest stars, and like their 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 characters are frequently at the center of very good stories. So like, it, I don't think it's a horrible misrepresentation. They're just not regular casts. Like they're right. just not always yeah. in the show. And it's um, also like a cool thing where it's, you get this a lot, especially with um, the sort of, as these shows sort of grew more popular, where a lot of celebrities uh, just loved Star Trek growing up and want to uh, be sure. in Star Trek. So, like, yeah. Whoopi Goldberg's role was just, she was a huge Star Trek fan as a kid. She wanted to be in Star Trek, so they created a role for her. In uh, one of the episodes, we'll thing be watching... So much, basically, this show is fan fiction from the yeah. other show. Yeah, I mean, one of the episodes we're watching next week, Kelsey Grammer is going to show up for, like, oh, literally yeah. two minutes. Oh, is uh, he part of that scrambled eggs conversation? Just because he wants to be, uh, he wanted to be in Star Trek. Um, yeah, sure, and sure. you see Iggy Pop has a great little cameo in Deep Space Nine. I mean, it just, the list goes on and on of like really weird people who pop up in this. Um, and yeah, she's just great. Interesting. Interesting. I like her there a lot. Um, 
I uh, we gotta start wrapping this up. It's already been long. We gotta. Um, what else do I have to say about this? We spent too much time talking about robots. Yeah, we talked. We talked way too yeah. much about Measure of a Man. I want to know, Alex, just real quick, what your thoughts were on uh, Best of Both Worlds, the last episode that we watched. Oh, so I I agree with you guys. I think Borg is a really interesting villain. I think that's a fun. It's kind of like my idea that I had a little while ago on the show, where I wanted to have a sci-fi thing where the there's a species that's like so much more advanced than us they just don't give a shit about us and they like the way they treat us the way we treat like neighborhood cats where they'd yes. be like oh hey look a person and then like if a neighborhood cat was like scratching on the door and it was like i'm gonna i'm i need this area this i was here first or whatever we'd be like hey, move um i like that i want that i think that's really interesting and this is kind of like that um mm-hmm. although they also do want to like take over patrick stewart's hot body and make him a robot person as well um a spokes character i'm excited about that that's fun Mm -hmm. um it really did look like they were running around in a laser tag arena for 20 minutes it like and they they the phasers look like lasers and so it's like oh man this really reminded me of how much i used to like laser tag as a kid (laughs) oh (laughs) Um, i would argue the phasers are lasers well they're not they're phasers yeah wait there's a a when there used to be an l a little you know it's different also, I was realizing like each laser, each, each phaser has like two shots, and then like the uh, the Borg adjusts. Why not just like like bring like a whole like I don't know like yeah, just a box of phasers. Yeah, right, and just like just shoot them both, and then like then throw it at them also, and then then shoot you know, right, then then keep on working through right. Like I feel like they could have done a lot better on this last stand type. Situation. Apparently, a phaser <laughs> is a directed energy weapon, but is uh, microwave based, not light based. So that's why it's not a laser. Ooh, mm. it's a microwave gun. So you can use it for popcorn. Fun. Yeah, you could definitely just shoot these guys and turn them into popcorn. This is what happens. Shoot the Borg, and then it's like, ah, it's so hot. Well, actually, no. If you fed them, if you fed them raw popcorn kernels, and then you did shoot them with that, that would be pretty destructive. Oh yeah, man! Fill somebody up with corn and then hit them with a microwave gun, and that is an elaborate, slow way to kill somebody. But I like it. I'm into it. Um, Or let me add them with a trolley. Either way. Ezra's like final boss battle. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna need you to stand right there on those tracks." No, no, no don't move, don't move, don't move. Stand right there on the tracks. Bag of raw popping corn. Also, <laughs> <laughs> the, and the hard thing is to make it moral for you. You have to get a, you have to get fewer people to stand, or more people to stand on the other track. So you got to be like, you stand on this track, and then I need like 17 people to stand on this other track so I feel fine killing Who are the best people you know? Can you get them all on this side of the track? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I liked that. I, I, you know, I thought, um, I thought all that stuff with Riker and uh, the sexual tension with his new co-worker was fun. And uh, I really hate the way his eyes move when he talks um yeah i liked it i like i like <laughs> the best of both I weird things man. i hate the way his eyes moves <laughs> it's I, weird I he's do weird love that best of both worlds is i mean it's definitely one of the more iconic episodes of next gen but it's totally it kind of it's fun to rewatch it and realize like this riker problem which is something that kind of runs through the show it is like yeah, why the fuck is this guy still here? Like, it makes no sense. You want to talk about unrealistic things that, like, somebody who's in a position like that, like, you would get promotions offered all the time, and it's a real right. bad look if you were constantly toning them down. So I do love the way they kind of address I, that. I wonder if it was like, I, that, I was kind of surprised by that. I thought it would be like, look, being number two on the best ship in the world versus being number one on, like, well, a crappy tugboat would not be as cool. 
Yeah, it's a little but more complicated way- of a problem because in the original series, they don't worry about this. Like it just doesn't come up. Because why does it need to come up? The problem yeah, is that care. they had another they had another character, uh, Wesley, the boy, uh, mm-hmm. that I don't maybe you saw like a little bit of. I don't remember if he does Wait, anything Wesley, of note in any of these. Um, the kid that's running around. Oh yeah, that, I didn't mention yeah. him. Yeah, why it, is there a child kid. working there? Oh, uh, we don't well, even have time for that. But the the okay. point I'm trying to make here is that his whole storyline <laughs> is that he is you know, trying to join Starfleet and he's trying to move up in rank. And there are other characters that get promotions in the show. Like Jordy gets promoted to the job that he has at the point that you see him. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they sort of establish in the world, this idea of like, Oh, people are trying to get promotions in this version of Star Trek. We didn't really talk about that at all in the original <laughs> series, but that's a thing. Now It start, you start to beg the question of like what, these characters are trying to get to like what their ambitions are. And then Riker almost instantly becomes a problem because what is his ambition? He is like the, besides Picard, the most celebrated officer on the ship. So you would think he would want something. And this is their Mm -hmm. way of trying to deal with that. I actually thought, especially because we kept seeing admirals or whatever pop in and then they would be terrible. Yeah, um, that's the trope for Star Trek trope, for yeah. some reason. And I actually think that was by like of all the stuff that was the most realistic. The idea that their bosses are kind of incompetent was very plausible for me. That seems yeah. like this kind of a Starfleet, there's going to be some dumb people in admiral positions almost well, always. I mean, a thing almost about always. Star Trek as well, another trope that I really love is that everyone on the ships in any of the shows is a great moral virtuous character. Anyone above them in Star Trek is ninety five percent of the time pure evil. Probably, yeah, uh, probably evil. Yeah, I like that. So um, much of uh, Starfleet is bad guys doing bad things. Um, okay, so we have uh, we have time for just one quick uh, round robin of takes from this you want to get to, and then the rest of it we'll have to put off till next week when we watch the other half of our episodes. So, final thoughts for part one of our Star Trek episode. Um, um, I'll I'll go with just uh, ahead, something that was Nezzo. fun to think about with this. Uh, it is, you know, in our sort of world today and sort of watching this years later, um, it's kind of hard to think about what it must have been like to be actually watching this live and have that cliffhanger for this episode. So I'm oh, really yeah, glad we, we get... took that break. Yeah, I knew um, it was part one of something. So I was like, oh, I bet, I bet he gets captured um, and, and and stays there. But yeah, if I didn't know that, it was just like, oh, God, he's got a thing on his face. Oh, and he's still hot. Like, imagine like early 90s. There's no Internet. You don't know. Like maybe they are killing off Picard. And yeah. it's like they don't announce seasons ahead of time. So it's like, who knows when this is going to come back? What the wait for this must have been like when it actually aired. Yeah, and that's you fun. can see why it was such a big cultural thing when it happened. Um, and I feel like we just really lose that today in modern sort of instant streaming culture. Yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, it's, as it's your final great. Thought. Um, I'm kind of realizing now that maybe one of the like first ideas of the show was just like, all right, what if we took um, like Kirk and then demoted him, and what if we yes. took Spock and then promoted him? And uh, it's like, I wonder if that was just the first idea where it's just like, hey, what, what flip that dynamic, see what it's like. Yeah, and, uh, flip it. Yeah, flip that dynamic. <laughs> that's that's what, yeah, that's one of the catchphrases uh, of, of of Star Trek that you've heard so much about. Um, the yeah, that's very fun. Um, all right, my final thoughts are, um, 
Um, a couple of really quick quick ones. Um, one is that the one of the few things I knew about Star Trek going into this was that you could order drinks from the wall. And I have to say, Hunter, I don't know if you did this on purpose. Very few people ordered drinks from the wall in this run of four episodes. And I was pretty yeah. disappointed. There was one hot chocolate. I'm really, that was it. I'm sorry. I'm very Nick, sorry. I hope in these next four, at least at least we get a few people ordering stuff from the wall because I love that. A lot um, of the drinks are the same. If that just to lower your expectations, it's a lot of Earl Grey hot. So. No, but she had hot chocolate. There's options. <laughs> That's true. It's you mostly can also Earl Grey hot. Full, full food. <laughs> you can replicate literally anything. Dude, though, I love right? that. It's I wish that was more drinks. of a thing. Um, and then the other thing, this is just a brief warning. So they, um, anything about poker uh, on this show. So we have two episodes where they play poker. Both times they're playing five card stud, which I feel like. Is, it's kind of funny um, that this show was made in 80, the late 80s, early 90s, because if it was made like f- three years later in like 95, 96, it would definitely have been Texas Hold'em. Um, but they're playing Five Card Stud, which is a hilarious game. But then one of the first time they're playing is they're playing Dealer's Choice. And so the second dealer announces that she's going to play seven stud high low with the buy on the second card. Man with the axe takes it all. And I just want you guys, this is just a pro tip. If you were playing a game and somebody describes that game, that person is cheating. Do not play with them. That is that's not, is it not I, a I like real game, odds, Alex. I don't know. It is a real game. It's a real. I mean, it's it's a it's like it's a it, well, it's one ga- a real game with a string of house rules, and they definitely would only they're, they're rules that only benefit a cheater. They're like the things you would only do if you oh, were yeah. if, if you were cheating in a poker game. You'd be like, this is the game I want to play because it's got it's got all it's got so man of the axe takes it all is like basically if you have this one card you automatically win, which really benefits the person who's controlling the deck. Yeah, and right. then also a hustle, it's, man. Now that's not that's Pulaski that does that, which is why oh, I wonder. Well, if, she's canonically a poker hustler then, because that is a cheater game. Do not play that game with anybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think Pulaski probably is a cheater, so that actually does make sense. Wait, is she the second doctor? She's the doctor for season two. Yeah, and then oh yeah, and then, she's definitely a cheater. She's. I don't think I've I ever seen a believable game of poker on television because it's just not that yeah it doesn't work as a story game unless it's bullshit but the second time they show it it's five card stud and the thing about five card stud is that it's the <laughs> most boring hands you'll ever have and it's like seven people have crazy good hands at the same time anyway um you'd have to play for a long time to have two people get a pair at the same time um anyway that's the end of the poker um hunter final thoughts yeah um so um it was this was really fun rewatching as i'm looking forward to uh to next week i just want to say like i i i'm a obviously a huge fan uh, like i well i don't know if it is obvious but i i, I am a big fan talk about it a bunch. um but um i'm not very precious about this show like i think what's so crazy to me about the point in time that the show is happening is that like there are mm, i'm gonna say around 40 that might be generous bad episodes of okay. this tv show there's probably more than that actually um, and many more that just kind of fall in the middle. And this is a special time uh, for TV at this point because you can't have 40 bad episodes. You can't even have 40 episodes most of the time yeah, no, you on television it's crazy. at this point. And because this show got to, I think, kind of fail so much, especially in the beginning, and struggle so much behind the scenes and in front of the camera to just figure out what it wanted to be, it has this special kind of charm that I don't think can really be repeated. Like it's not the type of thing you can mm-hmm. really do on purpose because it's actually a bad idea, not a good way to do TV. <laughs> but because of that, it kind of just like de facto sits in my heart as like my favorite show because like 
you never, I, I don't know, you can't just have a show where, like, all right, we're going to do 26 episodes, and it's mostly just us screwing around. We can barely get this shit together. And then, like, we get to do another season. 26 more episodes were like, oh, my God. A lot of those were not better. Um, a few <laughs> maybe good things happened. And then they just get to keep going. And, like, I, like, I'm at a point, I'm, I'm actually rewatching the whole series as well as doing these episodes. Uh, so I'm, like, watching season one right now. And it is horrible, but I just still kind of love it. I don't know. It's like the only show I can think of where I can watch it at its at its total worst. And I'm still just kind of on board. So maybe watching the show like this, uh, just like four episodes at a time, just the hits, which is actually a way that I feel like a lot of like n- like people that didn't grow up with Star Trek, I feel like that are trying to check it out right now, maybe because of the new TV shows, they want to watch the old stuff. Sure. I would encourage you not to just watch the hits like this because you have to kind of fall in love with the family of the show to really get into it because it is a mixed bag. I mean, it's kind of a crapshoot sometimes. Even the really good stuff, there's just like a lot of like moments and things that happen that are just like kind of off-putting. The show in general has a weird vibe, a weird rhythm uh, that doesn't click with a lot of people and obviously has been like made fun of like forever, yeah. Yeah. Um, many, many times it. over. Um, so I would, I just want to put just a little PSA out there. Don't trust these people on the internet that are telling you just watch the best stuff. Watch, wa- watch a lot of it because it's it's bad, but you might fall in love. And if you fall in love, this will be like yeah, a little extra family. It's a you different got. challenge for a show where you're like, these are the four best episodes of this show. And then if I think they're a little stupid, it's like, well, I guess I don't love this. But if you had me fall in love with the characters at their stupidest, then when they hit this peak, I'd be like, oh, beautiful. Yeah, Get them, John. Yeah, that great- is exactly it. Yeah. And that is why this, this whole experiment, is it really going to work for you, Alex? I kind of knew that going into it. I just wanted to talk about Star Trek. Yeah, but I, also, I, well. like, I guarantee if we know. If I listed like my top ten favorite episodes, there's a chance somebody out there will think that those are like their ten least favorite, right? Like the show right. casts sure. such a wide net and variety of episodes and really depending on your different taste. Plus it is like even the bad episodes usually have like some sort of thought experiment or some idea or some prop or something that's like kind of fun to think about or know about like we didn't even get into like transporters and like whether or not any of us would be willing to do that and like what it means no that's a fun thing let's talk about that next week. are we willing know? to transport yeah i'll put that in my notes um okay well so we have more to talk about and so we have a second half of the episode to do that um and so Ooh. that's what we're gonna do do yes, a cliffhanger oh yeah yeah so um I was going to do for the argument, I wanted to have a brief discussion of Star Trek versus Star Wars. I think that's a great argument to have. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take the side wars. Oh, wow. Next well. week. And, and and that's when the Borg attacked and then they att- abducted uh, Alex. And we were like, oh, no. Star Trek versus Star Wars. I have never heard anyone compare these two properties. Wow. I'm so excited. Anthony, no one has ever accused us of breaking new ground on this podcast. Can I, like, wait, can I enter in? I want to be a third side. Starburst. Yes. Starburst. <laughs> oh, that's not fair. Starburst will win. Yeah, no. Starburst. I actually, I'm not crazy about about um, Star Starburst, so that'll be fun. Um, okay, Star Wars, Star Trek, Starburst, Stargate, Battlestar Galactica, 
Starburns from Community. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Starburns. Starbucks. Star- yeah, Starbucks. Starbucks. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, I know well, which way which way Alex is going. Um. So far, hmm, kind of tough. Um. We'll see. Uh, yeah. Also, as if people found out that the Borg attacked and they took me, and the show is just like might continue on without me, everyone would be like, "That seems fine." No, I, I think. <laughs> look, I think even like even on the bad episodes of this, I think they're like, you know what? I like hanging out with these guys. Yeah, this guy's kind of dumb, but I like it. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like his makeup, but I like him. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, Alex, I think if somebody wanted to dissect you and I had uh-huh. to like prove your work. I think that'd be a pretty tough sell, honestly. <laughs> yeah, sort of, this is an episode where you guys have to argue my humanity in court, and you're like, I yeah. mean, uh, look, if you're not into it now, I mean, what am he I going to say? He's pro-slave. He thinks I'm machines not, should be slaves. I, um, I, look, I horribly object to using slavery as a term to talk about machines because it lessens the impact of what actual slavery meant because these are computers. Look, Alex, I have to argue against you being a human, but... I'm not going to like it, and they'll stop everything if I don't do a good job, so I really have to do a good job here, okay? I appreciate that. I yep. also think you're lying. You just want to argue against me being human. <laughs> Lifelong dream. All right, so more about more of all this coming up next week. Next week, we're going to be watching episodes from season four, five, and six. If you wanted to watch along at home to catch up, this is the rest of Hunter's um, playlist. We're watching 4.1, obviously, the other half of Best of Both Worlds, and we're going to watch something 4.21, Drumhead. 5.18 cause and effect and something from season 6 episode 15 called Tapestry which I assume is a show where they all take up knitting yes or needlepoint of some kind big, um, no big knitting episode big, <laughs> I don't think knitting is how you make tapestries I got embarrassed after I said it they but built get a quilt it. yeah it's the whole episode it's just, oh, wow. built a quilt <laughs> you built yeah. a quilt yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a build a bear uh, but with quilts yeah um, all this they makes make perfect sense. They make it cozy for the saucer section. So when they detach, oh, it Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. That'd be so cute. All right. Anyway, all that's next week. Please let us know your thoughts. And then also, please weigh in in advance for our big argument we're going to have next week. Star Trek versus Star Wars versus Stargate versus Starburst versus Starburns versus Starbucks. Versus no. Battlestar Galactica. Nope. It doesn't start with Star, so I'm, in, oh, I'm, do, I'm disinclined to there also. It. It's okay. We can do what? We get a Starbucks from Battlestar also. There's a, there's a- oh, right. Well, and also, obviously, Starbucks is a, um, original. We could do the character from uh, the Whale Book. Um, oh, lots of stars. Yeah, that's where that's from. Um, originally, is uh, um, from uh, Moby Dick. That's where Starbucks came yeah, from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fun the fact. Books. I got gotcha. you. Um, the Whale Book. I, I remember names real fast, uh, but sometimes for fun, I just delay. Um, you know anyway, what? He's not, he's not, look, he's not a robot, guys. He's not a robot. Okay. They're really good at names. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening, and I appreciate all of you hanging out. Please send us email podcast at readjustweek.com, and you can also hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. And of course, you can become a Metreon. You can become a Meat Buddy by going to our Meat Buddy Patreon at Metreon.com, or you can look us up on Patreon. And we really appreciate everybody who supports the show, especially the producer level super sponsor Meat Packer. Um, which I probably shouldn't talk about this much on the show in case it was an accident and they realized that they'd done it. Um, but we appreciate all the people who sponsor the show and keep it floating on the tracks. Thank you, as always, for chatting with me, Ez. It's great to have you back. Yep. Um, and uh, I hope you got to chat with your dad about having gone back and watched some of these. Oh, I should. I'm going yeah. to hit him up. 
what a fun thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, thanks for being here, Hunter. Yeah, hey, thank you. Warp nine. I'm glad we got to do this for you. Um, and then Anthony, thank you as always for helping. Um, really being the Riker of this podcast for being the person that everyone thinks should just go host his own show now. You know, I think um, I'm going to tell my wife that you want the guy to cut up data and she's going to be so upset with you. Uh, yeah, look, I, so I also that, think that like that robots that have exp- so you know. will be give expressive faces to tug at the heartstrings. I think, yeah, that's yeah. Furby is I'm sad. When, Furby says it's sad when you turn it off. I'm going to I'm gonna tell Heather you said that. <laughs> yeah, See what bring happens. it on. Bring it on, Heather. Bring it on. <laughs> um, I can't wait to hear from her about that. All right, I'm going to run off to do this terrible show that you canceled. Um, I'll talk to everybody next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.